cope with this morning when it comes to the Christmas narrative. But these guys, were, they were wise men. They, came, they were magi. They came from the east, which is probably modern-day Iran. They came from Persia. And they came, as I said, when Jesus was a little bit older. They traveled 800, 900 miles to see Jesus. And it's often thought, as I said, that there were three of them, probably because of the three gifts. But chances are there were cavalries of these guys. There were maybe dozens of them. But do you know what? We don't really know. And it doesn't really matter that we don't know because when Matthew narrates this and writes about this, he doesn't actually put the focus on these wise men. He doesn't go into who they are, where they're from. What he puts the focus in on is these gifts that are given to them, these gifts that were given as an act of worship. And what I want us to see today is that each of these gifts carries significance, whether the wise men realized it at the time or not. Each of these gifts prophetically said something about who Jesus was and is and each of these gifts remind us of something that is relevant to us today in the year 2022 and we may feel like this is so distant wise men going to Jesus thousands of years ago what's that got to do with me today we're going to see how this is relevant to us today the first gift that they gave was a gift of gold now gold is a gift that is given primarily to kings and as Taffy said a moment ago, if you're visiting us this morning, if you're new, you need to know that at Family Church, we don't believe that Jesus was just some historical teacher. We don't believe that he was just a, a good man who said prophetic things and did miracles. We believe that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? But as it said in the, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, when Paul wrote to Timothy, he emphatically said that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the people had been waiting for this Messiah. The people had been waiting for this coming king. They knew about a king who was coming. It had been prophesied, yet this king wasn't the king that they expected. They didn't expect their king to be born in a cave with farm animals around and outcast shepherds looking on. They didn't expect their king to hang around with lepers and prostitutes as he got older. They didn't expect their king to ride into Jerusalem on the back of a mere donkey. They expected their king to be a king of military power and might who would overthrow the Roman Empire. They didn't expect their king to ultimately die hanging on a cross, dying a shameful, painful death whilst being mocked. But that's because Jesus was and is no ordinary king. Amen? He's the king of kings. He's the one who came to the earth to establish the kingdom of God. He is the one who is a risen king today, sits at the right hand of a father interceding on your behalf. And I just felt to remind you today, in the midst of the chaos of the last few years, if you watch the news, sometimes it can feel like, what on earth is going on in this world? I wanted to remind you this morning, this Christmas time, that he is still the king of kings. That Jesus Christ is still in charge of all that is going on. His kingdom will know no end. Amen. His kingdom is an unshakable kingdom. He is the king that you and I serve today. That he is still today enthroned on high. He is still today seated at the right hand of the Father. But the question I want to ask you today as we step into Christmas time is this. He may be king of kings. He may be the heavenly king, but is he still king of your life? See, it can be so easy when you become a Christian to say, Oh yeah, Jesus, you're, you're king of my heart, you're king of my life, you're, you're king of, over everything. And yet suddenly then he turns into this 
image that we come to church once a week to worship and sing songs about. Is Jesus still king of your life? What is your response to this king? Do you ignore him? Do you dismiss him? Or do we daily bow the knee to this king in worship and honor and surrender to his will for our life? Be honest with yourself this Christmas time. There's no judgment, there's no condemnation, but be honest with where you're at today. Is King Jesus still king of your life? Or has he been dethroned by career, by money, by status, by difficulty, by trials, by circumstances, by people, by fear, by differing things in your life? Who or what are you bowing the knee to this Christmas time? He's still king of kings. The second gift that was given after gold was a gift of frankincense. Now, if you don't know what frankincense is, as I didn't until I really looked into it and used Google, frankincense is an aromatic clear resin that's taken from trees probably in Northern Arabia. And it was a very expensive, um, practical gift that was given not only to heal diseases, but also to heal wounds. But it was also, more importantly, the oil that the priests would use in the Old Testament in order to burn the sacrifices that then would go up to heaven. And just as the smoke rose from those sacrifices, it was like the prayers of God's people rising up to God in faith. And so it's commonly agreed that frankincense speaks for priestliness of Jesus. Because you see, Jesus became for us a high priest. And you may say, well, what, what does that mean? Maybe you're new to us or new to church. You think, well, on earth is a high priest. But before Jesus came, before a child was given and a gift was given of Jesus to Messiah, in the Old Testament, in the old way of doing things, there was only one that could come before the actual presence of God. He was called the high priest. And he would come and offer sacrifices on the behalf of the people of Israel. Yet the reality of who Jesus is, is that Jesus became our high priest in such a way that he was a sacrifice himself. And he died once for all time so that today you can know God personally. You don't need to know God from a distance. You don't need a, a, a vicar, a priest, a pastor to go on your behalf. You can know God personally and intimately today. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 says this. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. Verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. This Christmas time, wherever you find yourself in life, whatever trial you're going through, whatever people you're struggling with, whatever health condition feels like it's got the better of you, whatever temptation you are battling against, we need to know that because of Jesus, we can come boldly before the throne of God today. And you know what? God won't rebuke you. God will extend his mercy towards you. God will give you his grace to get you through the season in strength. But the question is this, where are you headed in your time of need? We all face need at different times. Where are you headed? In that situation that you're facing right now, where are you heading in your time of need? Uh, are you heading to escape it, escapism or avoidance? Where we just work a little bit harder or we drink a little bit more or we do a little bit more of this or that in order to try and escape or avoid the situation that actually is staring us in our face. 
do you head towards anger and resentment where you're pushing people away from your life right now? You're trying to keep people at a distance. You're, you're angry about everything in life. Have you headed to doubt and disbelief where you're doubting the goodness of God over your life? You're doubting what God's agenda is in your life? Or are you heading to the throne of grace where God will give you everything that you need in this season? They gave the gift of gold, of frankincense, and finally they gave the gift of myrrh. Now myrrh is an odd gift to give to a child. It's again an aromatic resin from Arabia, but the reason it's strange is because it speaks of death. They would use myrrh in order to prepare the bodies for burial. And so right at the beginning of his life, a gift is given to the family of Jesus that depicts how actually his life would end. Because this gift of myrrh represents Jesus being your suffering servant. Represents Jesus being the Lamb of God who would die for our salvation. And Isaiah the prophet, 700 years before Jesus came to the earth, he said this in Isaiah 53, beginning at verse 6, it's recorded for us. He says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have all left God's path to follow our own. Listen, here's something that we all have in common. That's true of every single one of us. All of us, no matter what your age or your stage or background in life, all of us have turned our back on God's wisdom at one time or another. All of us have messed up. All of us, the Bible says, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all in the same boat here. So there's no judgment, no condemnation. All of us at one time or another have wandered away from God's best for our life. But listen to how the verse continues. But the Lord God laid on him, that's Jesus, for sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Let's get back to verse 3 before this, and it says this, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. This is speaking of Jesus. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. But surely he has borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Jesus as a boy was given the gift of myrrh. Because as a man he would die for you he would die and show himself to be the suffering servant he would show himself to be the lamb of god he would show himself to be your personal savior the word became flesh and was pierced for our rebellion it was crushed for our sins he was beaten so that we could be made whole and by his stripes we can be healed you know, Isaiah spoke about it hundreds of years before, but here's what Jesus said when he was actually on the earth in Luke 9, 22 to 23. He said, the Son of Man, he knew what was coming his way. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, but he will be raised on the third day. And then he said this to them all. Listen to this. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Jesus says, if you want to follow the one who died for you and was resurrected so that you could live in victory over everything that's coming against you today, if you want to follow that one, then actually you need to know what it is to deny yourself. 
You need to know what it is to take up your cross daily. In other words, to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple of King Jesus, it's not a hobby. It's not something casual, but it's our true response of worship to the news of what Jesus has done for us. 2,000 years ago, God sent Jesus. He also sent wise men to Jesus, and they gave him gold, prophetically declaring him to be the king of kings, but the king of your life. They gave him frankincense, declaring that he is our high priest. Listen, today the veil is torn. Today, nothing can stop you from knowing God personally and intimately. I don't know what religion has told you. I don't know what other people have told you, but you can know God through the person of Jesus intimately and personally. And they gave him myrrh, declaring that this child was born to die. But as the carol writer said so well, Jesus was born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. So often we just sing that lyric because it's just a carol. But think about the reality. He was born to raise the sons of earth. He was born to give each and every single one a second birth, a new beginning, a fresh start, salvation in him. How can our response be anything other than worship? So we're going to provide an opportunity this morning to worship and I'm not talking about a song I'm talking about responding in such a way that we live a life that is surrendered to our king to our high priest to our suffering servant and we want to just provide that moment worship team if you can come up and listen don't get distracted by people moving around of a worship team coming up they're just going to take their places because in a moment they're going to sing a song over us and minister to us and there's going to be an opportunity just for us to reflect. But I want us to think in this moment, listen to me, think and pray about these things. Ask yourself these questions. Is Jesus still king of my life? Or has he been dethroned by other things, by other people, by other situations? Ask yourself this, where am I headed in my time of need? Maybe you're facing stuff today and you don't know which way to turn are you trying to solve all of life's issues in your own strength trying to avoid them or ignore them altogether or are we we're going to go before the throne of God who will give you grace in your time of need and finally what's my response to what Jesus has done for me because discipleship is not a hobby it's not something that's casual surely our response as I said can only be one of worship and so the worship team are going to sing a song over us. And I just want you to have this moment of reflection, of thinking this Christmas time. Before we head into this week of craziness, seeing family and friends and all that may be happening, I want us to have this moment just to stop and just to think and just to reflect. And then the worship team are going to lead us again in I Exalt Me. And as they do, I'm going to ask you to just stand to your feet and we're going to sing that song together. And I want to encourage and invite any single person in this place in your own way to recommit your life to him this morning. Now you may say, well, I haven't wandered away from him. I haven't, you know, gone and done crazy. No, no, no. You may have been in church week in, week out for many, many years. But in this moment, you have an opportunity to say, God, I recommit my life to you. God, every part of my life that isn't as you want it to be, I recommit my life to you this morning because of what Jesus has done for me. Thank you guys.
Oh, Lord. 
just the voices. There's such a presence of God in this place this morning. Just one more time, just the voices. Just in your own heart, musicians, you can play again. Just, just in your own heart where you stand, just begin to, to make a decision. Whatever that looks like for you, just begin to say, God, I, I recommit my life to you this morning. We've all wandered away. We've all gone off God's path. But God laid on him all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our guilt. But you can know him personally today. Listen, if you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, to begin a relationship with God, and you say, who is this God that people sing about, that they raise their hands and they talk about him and sing about him? He's a God who loves you. He's a God who wants relationship with you. He doesn't want performance from you. He doesn't want religious activity. He wants a relationship with you because he created you for relationship and for a purpose. We just want to offer an opportunity this morning. Maybe a friend brought you, maybe you saw a a banner. I don't know how you ended up here, but just to make a decision to say, yes, I want to begin that journey. Now, you're not going to know everything overnight. It's a journey. But every journey, every relationship begins with an introduction, with a hello. And we want to just introduce you to an almighty God who loves you and wants that relationship with you. So we're just going to all pray a prayer together in this moment. Just repeat this prayer if you would after me so that those saying this for the first time feel comfortable as they do. So let's pray this prayer. Father God, I believe that you're real and that you created me for relationship. I know that sin got in the way of that. But I believe that you sent Jesus lived a perfect life and died a death of sacrifice to take away my sin my shame my guilt today Heavenly Father I want to begin a relationship with you please forgive my past make me brand new give you my future. Amen. Just keep your eyes closed in this place. If that's you and you prayed that prayer and you maybe prayed it for the very first time or you know you've wandered away from God and you've gone off on your own path and you want to recommit your life to him this morning and start afresh today. But I'm going to ask you to do something really simple. I promise I won't embarrass you in this moment. We're not going to put a spotlight on you or put a microphone in your face. It's just a private moment. But if that's you and you say, yeah, I, I made that commitment. I, I prayed that prayer and I meant it. I meant it. I wasn't just saying that. I meant it. I wasn't just mouthing it along. I meant it. If that's you, then I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I'm just going to ask you just to pop your hand up in the air. That's just as a, a sign of saying, that's me. That's me. And then you can put your hand 
back down and I promise you we won't embarrass you. But if that's you in this moment, you ready? One, two, three. If that's you, just raise your hand in this moment. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hand down. Anybody else? You say, that's me. One person saying, yes, I want to give my life to, to God or recommit my life. Thank you. Thank you. Two people this morning saying, yeah, that, that's me. Is there anybody else? Not for the sake of it, we rejoice that two people making that decision. But if there's anybody else, you say, me as well. I don't want to be left out of this moment. These are your opportunity. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for these two people making decisions today. Father, would you just give them so much grace and abundance of your love. Lord, Father, thank you for the journey that they are beginning today. Lord, I thank you that you just surround them with people who will just speak your love, your grace, your truth into their life. And Lord, that this journey will just be the greatest journey of our lives. Father, thank you that they are saved. Father, thank you that today is a new beginning, a line in the sand. And Father, thank you for their future. And Lord, for every single one of us here this morning, who Lord, as we sang, we exalt thee. In all honesty, there was areas in our lives where maybe coming into this place this morning, that wasn't true. Father, I thank you for a day of new beginnings. God, I thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness over our lives. And Father, thank you that the air of condemnation is blown away. Father, I thank you that there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But Father, we, we decide this morning to walk according to your truth. Lord, we don't want to treat this as casual or a hobby or something we do on Sundays. Lord, transform us into the image of who you've called us to be. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.